already. All right. What's up? This is Looking for Artists. We're back, yo. I know you've been missing us. Well, actually, you haven't been because um, hopefully you have just listened to the Michael Kushner episode, but we were gone the week before that. So I'm ready to be back. We have a very special guest today. I'm going to let him introduce himself, but I also wanted to just point out that we bumped the recording time uh, forward today so that he could get to his art later today. <laughs> so if that doesn't inspire you already, if I'm not ready to play the outro music already, I don't know what's going to make me play it. So what's up? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Looking for artists is pretty straightforward. It's I'm looking for artists. I don't have to look that hard, especially when I know cool people like you. And oh. I just want to unpack you and have our listeners get to know like what you're up to and what you're doing. Okay. This is Dre Speaks speaking. My formal name, formal name is Dre Drummond, Andre Drummond to be exact. Um, but my artist name mm. is Dre Speaks. And I'm happy to be here. Such good people, good vibes. What do you speak? I speak through words, body movement, spirit, in various forms, subcategories. To put them in a box, we would say yoga dance, choreography, poetry. Um, and I'm like breaking into motivational speaking. Really? Yeah. So you are approaching speaking in Dre Speaks as more of a holistic sense. Yes, a multi-platform um, foundation of various things to grow out of. That's awesome. Okay, yes. so what was your first motivation as an artist, my first I don't want to put them in boxes and say, okay. <laughs> what was your first field, like music or dance or spoken word or whatever it is? What what um, grabbed you first? And, and where were you? What okay. was going on? Um, I want to say dance found me in junior high school. I wanted to be a marine biologist because I love just the water life, aquatic just environment, sharks in particular. I just love their details. Huh. Anyway, um, and then I went to this junior high school in Queens, and I met this dance step team that was filtered out of uh, this junior high school. It was the Nubian Gents, and we were a Christian all-male step team that traveled along the world so we each summer we would go on what we would call the missions trip and we would use dance as a language to bring people to christ at the time right okay right this is post yogi pre-yogi okay. yes pre-yogi thank yeah. you thank you or pre, post if we're pre. you know if, um, we're, if yes. we're being present but it was a pre definitely <laughs> <laughs> um and then I just saw just traveling the world, what dance can do, what God can do. And like, I was like, wow, all these people are coming to experience God. This is great. Like, we're like step dancing, we're pop locking to like hip hop Christian songs. So people are like, wow, they're stepping, they're dancing. What is this? And then there's God attached to it. So we would go to like three to four schools a day and have assemblies and perform for the kids. And that would be Monday yeah. through Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday would be the show. So all these kids, we did like 30 schools that week and all these kids would come back to this like big concert. And then it would be a whole, you know, bringing people to Christ. And, you know, that was the whole yeah. spiritual manifestation and that and then on Sunday we would travel and do it all again so we did Europe for two months and then the following summer this is about 2011 we went to Australia and we were there for three months so holy shit great. yes that's like a long trip that is a long trip yeah we were actually in the future because they're 12 hours ahead I believe how old were you I was in eighth grade so I had to be about 13 Maybe even twelve. So you were was this a um a summer before eighth grade, a summer after, or was it so during it was, eighth grade? It was during my middle school because uh his name is Lamont O'Neill, beautiful man and mentor of just 
inner city kids. Hmm. Um, he taught dance through that school as, you know, part of the program because there was a performing arts program, a business program, a technology program. So he yeah. was in charge of that and he would, you know, pretty much give these principles to these kids and use dance as a firm foundation to really get these inner kids to appreciate themselves, compassion, blah, blah, blah. So then I go hmm. and I investigate that and he's like, hey, stay after. So then after school is when, because it's a Christian step team, you can't impose that on anyone. So And after hours... Uh, I believe it was Wednesdays and Thursdays at the time from like 4.30 to 6.30, we were rehearsed and then we were filtered out of the church and then it became more of, uh, more of a ministry um, once you got into the Nubian gents because that wasn't, although my school was pretty much hosting it and he was a teacher there, he didn't necessarily um, at all connect the two, but he would use it as a filter to find more kids, which is excellent. Right. Um, so yeah, then after that, that's when I joined the team and then I was gifted and blessed enough to go my first year in seventh grade to go to Europe. And then the following year I went to Australia and then we just stepped on and we weren't in hotels. We weren't wine and dine. We stayed in host families. So that was a great culture shock. It was a intimate. great culture experience. A very intimate, very knowing of where you're at. This isn't like in a resort where you're you're in this sensualized experience that feels like home. No, like you're in the home. You're learning. You're praying with the family. You know what I mean? That's, even though I understood race at the time, I believed that at a very young age that it was transcendent, that like my racism wouldn't hold me back from anything because I was traveling the world. I was like meeting millions of people in different parts of the earth, experiencing God in various ways. That's incredible. Um, so you meeting these people, just based on like kind of the vocabulary you're using and the energy that I'm getting from you is that you either at the time truly believed that you God was working through you, or you still believe that He was working through you in in your art. Where are you now? And the only reason I ask is because I too had a similar upbringing and a similar experience okay. around the same time. Right. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. But also, um, you said. Earlier, this was pre-yoga. So I just wanted to clarify also for the listeners, like, where are you at now? Okay, so um, I'm, okay, a homosexual black gay man in the black church. Okay, the black church is a very different experience, okay, um, in, in that. And, and just religion in general. So my sexuality and my truth and my freedom, I couldn't exist and live in those constructs mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. um, although I was rejected by people, I never felt rejected from God. So then I, again, I'm very humble in my understanding of God because I, I don't necessarily understand him in capacity. He's very big, we must say. So I can't say much, but I knew that um, where I was in Christianity experiencing that, that God was greater than the confinement of that environment and necessarily, I don't want to put it over the whole religion because it brought me to this place. Mm -hmm. And I still reference Jesus because I, that's still the name I know from birth. So yeah, me until, too. Yeah. Until I advance into the next level of understanding, that is the name I will keep him as. Hmm. As I explore, you know what I mean? And when it comes That's to my spirituality. That's an interesting way yeah. to look at it. And I also want to point out, I really like the word that you used, confinement. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes that comes as like, that can come, let me rephrase, let me restart. Mm -hmm. Some people, when they're explaining what you're explaining, they may use a different word than confinement. Right, you have to be With a negative con connotation. Mm. Confinements aren't necessarily a bad thing. Right. But also... I want to be careful of the people and establishments, anything, mm -hmm. whether it's movies or academies that I go to to learn specific skills or churches. I want to be careful of a place that is claiming to, to know everything and know everything about God. Right. And I like what you said about God being big because whether or not you want to believe it, that mm -hmm. God exists, if there is a God, God is big 
super big. Yes. It's, I mean, that's what keeps you in the place of humility when you actually acknowledge that God is that big. Right. I referenced in a, in a couple episodes before this one that God is in the unexpected. God mm. is in the unplanned. And to me, you discovering your sexuality and your truth and your life mm-hmm. and still keeping your connection to God and the things that you find true, that to me is God at work. Like that to me is yes. like, that is searching for him mm-hmm. actively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's really interesting that you say that. Um, do you use that with your art, like with your dance? Do you ever use yes. that? Yes. So that is how I do become an artist. And, you know, Andre speaks because having that such uh, transformative spiritual um, foundation in the Nubian gents and traveling the world and having that experience. I was like, okay, once I, you know, advanced into college now because, well, high school, because that was in junior high school. Once right. I got to the city, I attended Alvin Ailey. That's when I experienced my formal training. So then I had to revamp that again because now... In understanding my life, it was like, okay, here's my spiritual foundation. And then I go to high school. Now I get my artistic foundation, okay? Because I have to, before we connect them, we have to learn them separately. Mm -hmm. We have to give them their time. Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours per se. You know what I mean? So then I get to the dance, boom. And then when I get to college, I'm really able, which is University of North Carolina School of the Arts, they are... My pride and joy. I loved that school. Really? It was great. I experienced, it was the best four years of my life. That's awesome. Yes. It was, they taught me how to be an artist. They didn't try to put me in a box. They really helped cultivate artists. And that's a hard thing to do in an establishment because even though I'm a dancer, that's not only, you know, I can be a choreographer. I can be a artistic director. I can be a dance manager. I could run a school. You know what I mean? You have to yeah. learn these options because... You feel like UNC helped you with this? Yes. I felt like they they helped the artistic side of that, just knowing how to, you know, build and make dance and find yourself as an artist and find my artistic voice. So can you give me an example of something that you remember an experience at the university, hypothetical or... Um, actual, you know, uh, um, that was helpful for you now, practically. A big tool that I use in building choreography because we would have um, composition classes which teach you how to make dance. So, for example, we would be given, there will be a pile of toys, okay, in the middle of the dance room. The teacher says, pick a toy, build a dance and a narrative behind this toy. Okay, so we have the propped, because these are all separate things. We have we should say propped or object. Then comes the narrative, right? And then comes the movement. We can relate that to film. We can relate that to how we build anything as far as before we put a story and a connotation and a narrative, it is still just a thing. Hmm. So we turn a pile of toys into then a living thing with energy a story and a creation and then that's how an artist can break through and we see them honestly both in their movement in the in the choice because everything is a choice artistically when i choose that toy a connection is already made so now i'm i'm learning as an artist how to allow you to visualize the why Hmm. why i chose this why I'm saying this. Is it always clear to you? Um, it's a process. If it these, you know, we would have like two and a half hour classes once a week just doing this. So it was a lot of time. So depending, sometimes you just let it go because these are still exercises. I don't want to hold on to anything. So in the process, we're never done until we're on stage. And even when we get mm. to stage, it still has, still it's still growing because the dancers take it over after me. And they need time with that to Whoa. find themselves in that. And there's the also added element of the, the final dancer in this case, which is the audience. Mm. I don't exactly. I actually don't know that much about dance, but at least in acting, there is a relationship to the audience once you're on stage. Absolutely. You know, there's I think that a lot of people may think 
not you or uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, most people would not assume this, but my thinking is if you are not like studying acting, you would assume that it's best to act like the audience is not there. The fourth wall. The fourth wall to, to really hold that up mm-hmm. and to kind of like the idea of a proscenium presentation right. of everything. But I think the true unexpected moments, which is God, which is it seems thematically like truth being spoken to us in our lives. Mm-hmm. That comes when you're, you're open to the unexpected and the, yes. un- and the unplanned. Because art is life, right? right? Art imitates life. So in order for art to really flourish to me, it's like you have to give it time hmm. to grow. You know what I mean? Like you get the bones, but then, you know, there's muscles, there's flesh, there's arteries. So you have to build one step at a time. Even going back to what I was saying, even with my foundation, it's like you have to treat everything coming from a seed form. Hmm. Everybody starts from this big tree and then they're confused about how they got there so if you start from the seed form and keep it to where you started from at all times like reverting at to if it's about the doll remember it's about the doll you know for you know going back to that analogy we don't want to have so many ideas and lose ourselves and because you want to keep it simple articulate and really honest to who you are. And that's the skill. That's the technique. Again, that's 10,000 hours. That's really practice because I had four years to find my voice in that. Right. You know what I mean? Like 10.30 to 9.30 p.m. Like I went to a conservatory. So a conservatory here in America is 70% your art form, 30% liberal arts because you still get a bachelor, but it's just in the fine arts. Right. So... You know, it, it took some time. I can say that now. And even that, I graduated in 2013. It's now 2019. So even I didn't even understand what I was doing probably while I was there. Right. I, I was skimming the surface. But now, right. again, being an adult and breaking out of a controlled environment of university, a very pacified environment. You know, very great. You are paying, you know, thousands of dollars for it. So it should be that intense, I would hope. That was my experience at North Carolina School of the Arts. Many people have different experiences at college. That's what I say about my experience at Marymount. Okay. I know a few people because there's a dance Dance. program there. So, yeah. But I just say that, you know, all of this takes time to really understand. And it took me a while to to find my... mm, my artistic voice because I wanted it to be genuine and that comes with me exploring self. Cool. So exploring self is totally not even about your art now. Now we're talking about spiritual soul because I really want to impact people with my work. Going back to Nubian Gents, I saw what dance can do spiritually to people, how transcendent it was no matter what language you speak. That is very powerful. Hmm. Because it's the body. Because it's the body. It's the spirit. It's it's the love of the Mm. neighbor transcending that conversation. You know what I mean? If you're open and vulnerable to it, there's many people that are very scared to do that so they don't get the real benefits of having conversation and being open and honest and being true to self in that. Because it is a conversation. So before I get to the stage, I need to practice that in my life. How can I be honest? What do I stand for? What What am I advocating for? You know what I mean? What is the body that I inhabit, you know, although I am black and that's the black you see, I'm still a spirit first. Yes. You know what I mean? So I connect there first and then we see where those blockages are, where, you know, and then we work yeah. from there. Going back to yoga, it's just... I, I mean, I um, I had a very interesting upbringing in that I was adopted, am adopted. Mm-hmm. I'm from the South. I had two white parents. Oh, wow. Have. Okay. Um. I just am referring to it in the past because I'm talking about my upbringing. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it was something I kind of had to navigate my whole life. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize, <coughs> excuse me, that I was navigating it at the time. Uh, it was just, I was a kid, right. you know, trying to figure sure. that shit out. But n- what we're talking about is looking, like being able to look in retrospect mm-hmm. and gain clarity or at least some sort of insight or lesson. Like, I realized that I did have to deal with that on a daily basis from introducing my friends to my parents and them looking past the 
my parents that were right, right next to me, right. so, like looking right. for people of like a little ethnic, more ethnic or whatever. Absolutely, you know, and uh, to just people staring at me at, at, in the mall, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it wasn't weird. It was just different. It was my experience for sure. But I think that it's it has allowed me to see all this to say it's allowed me to see people's or at least be more open to accepting people's spirit before their appearance. Absolutely. And uh, I grew up in the church, Mm. and my pastor, he was really cool, and he got his training on the streets where he would just literally, like, park a truck, stand, or a van, you know, open the back, and stand in the back of it and just, like, (laughs) grab people that are walking. Right. And he had to, like, build a a crowd, in his case, I think, a congregation, Mm -hmm. and then preach to them. And hold them there. That's like intense shit. And where he was doing it in New Jersey, like, was crazy. He was just growing up. He grew up in the projects and just, like, was doing this. So it was like he just had this really cool energy, and he would just say, like, if you're wearing clothes, you should feel welcome here. You know, it's like not – this is not a place to, like, come and and show – your worth in like materialistic ways like this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with people expressing themselves with the For way sure. they dress. I think that's fucking awesome. Culture mm-hmm. is legit. Yeah. What I don't like are again, coming back to the, this concept of confinements where you go to institutions where they're confining you and they're expecting you to wear or look a certain way or meet a certain standard. It's like, Hey, if you're clothed and you want to be here, let's let the spirit lead. For sure. Um, and speaking of that, I think it's really cool because I can tell that you do much more than dance, and you've already allu- like told me that you do spoken word. But what came after dance? You say dance found you, and then what was next? Yeah, then um, I guess it would be I felt like I was always a talker and very like mature for my age. Hmm. So... Um, People always say, like, you you have an old spirit. No. Okay, good. No. I hate that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. And because I look way younger than what I am, I am 28. Yes, I'm 28, you know. And I probably look about 19, 20. So to them, it's giving very much like, wow, you're very wise. Hold on to that. You know, it's more admiration because I don't, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm still out and about. I'm still... I still turn up, okay? Right, that right. is still, I'm still young. I'm still in my oh, 20s, yeah. okay? So I'm living my best life in my 20s, okay? With Still with insight, but okay, I still have to live my life. So, And that's still a process. I'm yeah. even in my platform of Dre Speaks, I want you in the best way possible and even more to see my growth with me. I'm, I think that it's a killer culture to just, show people as just arriving. That is just not a healthy thing to think. Like, there's a lot of work, and there's 10 decades. You know what I mean? There's decades yes. to build the millions that you see. So is I want people to see that growth. So as I start reading and things like that, and, and mostly talking to my friends, my friend's like, yo, you need to, like, talk about this. Like, use that, speak that, you know, whatever. So then I'm like, okay. And then I found yoga. And then yoga was really kind of like going back again to that Christian spiritual foundation with movement attached. That's pretty much, I felt like, was my next advancement. It was yoga. It was spiritual. Yes. It was with the body. And that was pretty much what I was doing back in junior high school when I met that step team. And now I'm here again, full circle at a different level of it. So Mm. now I'm saying, okay, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be as far as okay, I'm taking it, I'm loving it, okay, because I met it in the world of dance and it, it still wasn't hitting for me, going even back to in layers. So if I'm studying dance and I'm doing yoga, it, it kind of missed me. I was, I was attaching the two until I graduated and now I'm in real life and I'm like seeking community in the spiritual form. I'm like, okay, yoga, let's see. Yoga to the people did that for me and then I'm like, okay, I want to teach this. This is how I'm going to get to the people through. I'm still with my body, which I know from being an artist, from being a dancer, you know, anatomically and even spiritually, now I'm like, okay, I can apply this 
to yoga and use this very foundation. I love the foundations, the unity, the one, the direct experience of self. Okay, these are the things that I'm experiencing in my life. So, you know, and that's the thing as a yoga teacher, I also had to learn, like, I have to grow in my teaching. I can't just arrive. So even as I grow in my spiritual life, I'm still growing at teaching yoga and, and, and again, finding that voice. So there's a lot of different levels, okay? I'm high some places. I'm low, medium, you know what I mean? And when I say low, I don't mean low. I just mean in growing in the first stage. Right, right. So In the process. In the process. So right. that's also a thing, too. It's like, it's humility. It's like you, you're standing on certain foundations, like just choreographing. I just choreographed a Bud Light for their new like NFL promotion. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing for me. And it was like, wow, okay, I've, I've arrived at this. I, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I can yes. take on the reins. It's time to apply the work. So, you know, this is an opportunity now, kind of like where that preparation, you know, meets, meets opportunity. opportunity. What, what they say, I've really what felt that in my luck. life. luck. Right. It's just... Finger quotes, right. air quotes. More luck. so manifestation, I would like to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're yeah. working at this, you're... Cause, I was just having this conversation yeah. the other day. You Again, put an energy form. out there, yes. a will. You can set a will. That's a thing. Yes, and that's why we have to have intentions and affirmations yes. because your mind needs something to yearn for. Because Whoa. the idle mind, 10 years is gone. There's this theme that keeps uh, recurring, occurring in multiple podcasts that I'm listening okay, to right I now. Okay, I love motifs. These, these people that... I consider and they consider themselves uh, successful mm-hmm. in that they are doing what they love and they can fully support their lifestyle doing that. Right. They also happen to have big audiences, but they all say, you can get what you want if you work at it mm-hmm. long enough and you want it. Yes. Hard enough, bad enough. Because when you want it bad enough, when, you, when you're manifesting, when you're saying it and you're honest, then you, you honestly really know that you're going to get it. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. Yeah. that's the type of... Because people just think uh, blessings come in the scene and they come in the unseen, going back to seed form. So I, you will never see my manifestation of it. Okay, Or, or the start of it. You're only going to see the manifestations. You're not going to see where it starts in the mind first, the rehearsing of the mind, and then the action comes, and then I fail over and over. That's why you have to really want it because people who don't really want it can't take failure because the ego is going to take over and your heart is not going to have enough endurance to take the second wind Mm -hmm. for you to say, I have to do this. I can't live without it. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So when you have that much energy and spiritual sureness of self in your own way as your own individual you're you're creating your path you're joining the conversation you're you're sitting at the table of what you want and you start to live in now which i also felt in christianity this yearning for god and running after him as opposed to him living inside me being in my purest form at every second present moment so when you start to look at yourself like that, you, you do start to stand on a more sureness of self in asking spirit for things because you've seen it for yourself manifest. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can post on Instagram. That's why it's so hard to explain. You, it's, it's just something that you grow from and you just know that you're, you're going at your own speed if you're focused on yourself. If you're not in your own lane and you're worried about what's right or left and trend is washing you from the right to the left, you're going to be lost because you're not putting in the work to be your truest self because right. it's a duty to lead people. So being an artist, you're speaking. So you can't be, I, for me, it's like there's fun, entertainment, and then there's, you know, artistry, and then there's just plain nonsense, okay? Mm-hmm. There's, there are extremes for me, mm-hmm. okay? It's either entertainment, which you're still changing lives, or it's coming from a spiritual, political, social. You want to say something, and then again, there's the rest that I feel like is nonsense because when you have people to listen, and it's, very, it's a job for what you're going to say because you just know that even in your own life, it takes a lot for someone to shift your focus, to shake your reality. It does take a lot. That's why people don't listen. So if you're going to get their attention, it's like, get it. Especially in now 
with Instagram, like people have like one to two minutes. We're not talking about live art, like in the theater per se, but you know, Instagram, pop, commercial, American dream way, the focus is dwindling. So you you kind of have to say it directly, which makes it even harder now because you don't. People are like, "What? Hurry up!" Thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, you know, people, people are on the go. Yep. It's, it's just so, it, it, it's a duty and a responsibility as an artist. Now, entertainers are totally different. They, they have their own duties and stuff. But I would like to use my art to change lives. That is how. That is my civil service. My, you know, my duty. That's how I put purpose in behind what I'm doing and add to the suffering of the world and how it can be better and keeping spirit alive. That's, yeah. some, you know what I mean? Especially at this time, it, it, you can, everyone can feel their depression more than their happy moments. You can taste it in the air, especially in New York. Cause everyone's here to just be someone and something. One no is heavier than like a thousand yeses. But it's a, a thousand no's to get that one. Yes. Yeah. That's how I think of it. Damn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was like a reversal right there. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Perspective, though. But that's yes. why it's good to talk to people, because it still made sense. That's great. That's very, very positive. And it's my hope that a lot of artists are resonating with the things you're saying right now. Or yes. Because we take it hard, because artists really want to be true. Like, we're literally yeah. just picking at wounds constantly. Our own and other people's. Our own. We're projecting. Yeah. There's envy there. No artist likes to talk about it. But in our low moments, we get a little jelly. It's okay. It's growth because then it, it forces you to get up on your ass and say something. Right. You know what I mean? So we, we go through those woes. It's like um, a, a little fire being lit under your butt. Yes. But along those lines, let's, let's like think about this as an artist. Mm -hmm. especially you right now. Uh, earlier you were talking about um, kind of not hopping around from thing to thing too quickly, not mm -hmm. being spread too thin. So how do you keep your different pots on the boil? Because I think naturally as an artist, if you're listening and you're open, you mm -hmm. are progressing your art at all times. So for you, that may look like dance to yoga. For a visual artist, that may look like painting to sculpture, mm -hmm. whatever it is for mm -hmm. you. How do you know that you don't have too many pots on the boil, A, and B, how do you, once you, once you have the, the certain amount of pots on the boil and you can watch them all and you're cooking them all, you're doing your due diligence, how do you then turn that into bread and butter? One step at a time. I don't know how to boil all the pots. Like, I still, like, do you even my boyfriend pots? is, like, sometimes I, I do spread myself too thin sometimes. Okay. Um, as far as commitments. Sure. Um, but hmm. when it comes to, like, one thing at a time and those boiling pots, I don't, you know, I don't believe in um, multitasking. I believe in focusing. You know, things can simmer. You can check in briefly, but you can, you have to focus one thing at a time, which transitions to one day at a time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still gauging, like, setting up my week. I can still, you know, I can still set it up, but I'm still trying to find a daily routine that is, you know, in consistency because I do think that helps you. So I'm still in the process of, you know, those boiling pots, but as far as how the opportunities come, it's, I still want to learn. I'm still experiencing my palette. Like, this, you know, even the Bud Light thing, that was my first major client with choreography. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and then I just did a yoga uh, um, advertisement with Nike. That was a totally different experience. You see what I'm saying? So that's how they come. They also come with opportunities and, you know, the extensions of, you know, what you're manifesting, what you're growing, what you're doing. So then it comes and then you're like, okay, I'm ready because I... I focused, all right, now I'm ready to go into this pot. Stay there for a minute, close the lid. Now I'll go, you know, they, they also come with that. You kind of just, and then in the meantime, I'm just focusing on what I have to do each day. Like I still have to teach yoga two to three times a day, 
you know, maybe three, four times a week. So I need to be in a position where I'm not flustered and I'm coming in with a positive energy to lead people. So I need to be, you know, if it's Monday, it's Monday. That's it. I can't really go really too far because I have to deal with today because I can't, you know, it's a movement. So I say all that to say that I'm still, you know, doing one step at a time when opportunities come or, you know, workshops or things that I'm interested because I do believe that we constantly need to be learning. Like, school is just you getting the piece of paper, but the real school starts when you start investing and looking at the things you're passionate about. Yes. Because then you have to learn how to express that. Okay, so then that leads me to my a question that I did have for you as well. Okay. So along the lines of bread and butter, how do you turn these passions into, and this isn't necessarily the focus, but I think especially living in a city, mm-hmm. it's a demand. It right. becomes a demand. How do you turn these passions into things that will hopefully, like, hopefully make money for you to live and continue to do these things? Okay. There's a fine, Okay. So because I went to University of North Carolina School of the Arts, it was um, a majority Caucasian people there, beautiful people, okay? Um, And I only say that to say that I also teach at dance schools in my neighborhood in Queens, which is predominantly black, okay? We, We understand systematic racism and what that does. So it is my job, again, to go back to my community and teach those kids you know, a proper way of training, you know, outside of the hip hop and the jazz and the African, but also it's not to label you and to say we have to conform to, you know, ballet or this elitist or, you know, white art, but you have to expand your palette. Art has no race. So you need to be able to experience all things in all forms and keep that moving. So I like to teach dance in Queens. Okay, two dance schools. So that's an income. That's an hourly rate. That's like three. Currently, that those two jobs in Queens alone is $1,000 a week in New York City. Okay, and I also know my worth. I'm not tolerating nonsense hourly pay with the degree experience and the things that I know. But at the same time, there's kids, there's information, there's sheep to be led. Okay, so there's a fine line. There's a fine line, but how I balance that is, is just in discretion where they are financially, what can they give? You know, I think that's important for artists to know when I'm giving and when I also have to know that, ma'am or sir, I have to live. Okay, I have to travel here. Okay, I have to teach here. Then I have to travel back home. I have rent to pay. I have groceries. I'm 20. I still have to have a little fun. I ha- you have to support me right. because that's also your care for me. Right. I'm living and I'm teaching in your home. You need to make sure that I have the proper things to survive. Okay. But then going back to yoga to the people is donation based. So that is something where it's just like, it's not about the money when I'm teaching there. It's literally about getting people who are not accessible to, you know, more expensive clientele, you know, also working at Y7, love them, you know, but it is a boutique, you know, yoga um, environment. And may, and some people may afford that, you know what I mean? And that's okay because right. there's a time and there's a place for everything. Equinox exists because there's Equinox people that love it. If you don't love yeah. it, it's not for you. Sure. That's why I remember going back to voices. Everyone can express themselves in whatever way, you know what I mean? So they're... It doesn't make it, but it has to be a balance, you know. So also working at Y7 and giving people that, I also need to give back to my community at Yoga to the People or, you know, hosting. You know, I also, I just started teaching yoga at, like, shelters. You know what I mean? I did my first one in Brooklyn. So just making sure that people How get that. How did that go? It was great. They didn't know what they were doing, but they they knew that they felt better. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's honest. Huge. Right. They tr- so obviously they trusted you and took your cues and well yeah I mean I'm I'm in a shelter I also grew up in you know Southside Queens like I know it's although I didn't I wasn't necessarily poor in poverty I didn't ever have to want for anything I don't have mm-hmm. that narrative but I had friends and I lived in the same neighborhood as those friends so I'm still just the same right okay we're all we're if we're all in the same room we're all supposed to be in the room you, I 100% agree okay so even living in that and having friends and we all going through our woes and blah 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 
then yeah, I'm I'm just the same. So I don't see you as being in the shelter. I'm also a black face, so it's, yeah. there's no judge. I mean, racism is an issue in America. So when it comes to healing and even in that aspect for them to see a black person coming in to teach them about spirituality and things that they never done before, they're going to be a little more open because I know how to resonate yeah. and I know how to speak to people that I've grown up with, people that yeah. I've seen. You know what I mean? They, those are my cousins. Those are... Just because my family's well off doesn't mean my cousins were well off. It, I mean, poverty and struggle is in the black community, so it's it's something that you don't have to avoid or not see. You're you're living it, you, and half of us don't even know it until we get to a certain age. So we're still living our best life. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to know that balance, and then you know you have your gigs as well. And I still dance with a company, Antonio Brown Dance Company, and, you know, other freelance where they come up, and that that's good money. You know, art, as far as the contemporary aspect, too, filling those red seats and stuff like that is a significant, beautiful amount of money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Commercial is like a shot. It's like quick, easy, gets you there, gives you a, a good amount of money. You know, commercial, I mean, concert and dance is more like a cocktail. You know, you may go on tour. You have more time to learn the choreography. It's more in-depth. It has, you know, true meaning. It's a choreographer and artist expressing themselves. It's more of a process. You get really close to the people that you're dancing with. You're very vulnerable. You know, so it, it comes. But, you know, Y7 does bring in my income as well as, again, those dance schools and then little convention and extra hours here. So I, it, it all works out again, day by day, month by month, still learning investments and that financial language. But at the same time, I still want to make sure that, you know, I know that rent is going to be paid. I'm not going to worry about it. There's, you know, because these checks don't come in right away. It's no direct deposit. I do this gig and then I, I may have to wait two weeks before I get that chunk of money. You know what I mean? So there's also a faith in that, which is why I love freelance artists and why they are able to express themselves because they know struggle, they know pain, Hmm. okay? Because we have to be like the birds. The birds don't know how they're going to eat, but they know they're going to eat that day, okay? There's very few birdhouses for them that they know that they're going to go and eat, okay? They are there by the day. So you have to know that, and I also expect that, you know, even in my energy, even though if I'm poor, I'm still abundant. I'm still wealthy. You still have to speak that into your life because it's not, it's not physical. Mm-hmm. This is all, you know, even money, that's currency, that's energy. So you have to make sure that that's flowing through you so that it's going to come. Yeah. But we can't, just like information, we can't hold on to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to come and then eventually it'll be a foundation where it's consistent and you don't need to worry, but you would have grown into a place of stability. You didn't shoot to this rich place like you won the lottery and then you're back to where you were three years later because you knew nothing. You know what I mean? Like you just had no idea how to invest, where to put your money, no real purpose, no voice. You know what I mean? Not to say that they're less, but you know, people are growing at their own place and pace. So depending on where you are, when you, you, when you get certain blessings, will determine where, you, where your next step is. It's just the woes of life. Yeah, and I think the issue right now is that a lot of people are in a position right now where they, uh, maybe it's not maybe spreading themselves too thin, but it's not sticking with things long enough to find out where your actual mm-hmm. passions are. So you find yourself doing things that you're not really passionate about, and so or easy, or easy. And and it doesn't matter how much money you're making, you could be poor, spiritually poor. Complacent. Yes, complacent or, yeah, complacent, right? Or just you don't care. Comfortable. Comfortable. Yes, I love, I love the, the idea of, like, chasing the uncomfortable. Like, yes. what puts you in uncomfortable positions be there right. and find other things that make you feel like that. Because at least for me, whenever I'm in challenging situations or situations I've never been in before, I always come out the other end mm-hmm. having learned something right. about myself, about a certain skill or something, about another person. It's always valuable. It's yes. always valuable. And that's the remedy to conquering your fears. You chase them. 
experience them. Which is anxiety. It's manifested in anxiety. So Which I is think why it's literally a release. Yes. Of that. And I also think that people have to understand that all pain is not negative. You can still feel pain in a good process. Yes. Like when you're working out at the gym, when you're doing yoga. That's why yoga is yeah. so good as far as being the direct experience. Because if you're holding a certain position and you feel weak, it is up to your mind and your body to come together to ignite you, to hold that position, to be in stillness, to, to fight for yourself, to breathe. You know what I mean? It's a lot of mental things happening when you have to hold yourself up. We're so used to holding other people up, but many few know how to hold themselves up out of, you know, in a very sure place, mm-hmm. not in a lonely, you know, introverted, I hate the world place, but in a place where it's like, okay, this is my isolation. This is my growth. You know what I mean? I read in the book, I forgot the book. I've been, I, I like referencing, but. Um, you know, growth is becoming, so it has to be hard. Growing pains are real, so you can't, if everything hurts to you, then you need to reevaluate how you see things because some things are going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable, and that is your growth. That is your advancement, your next level, and if you keep playing victim, you will just be in that state, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and become very... Um, sensitive and negative and not understanding you know what i mean that oh, yes. risk that risk comes with self-love too because i got to trust a, yourself. i got to a place uh like that in my life where i was just viewing everything through a negative lens and a lot of it had to do with this this point in my life where i was doing things that i was not happy doing mm-hmm. but i knew it was expected of me to continue doing those things i was there I, I didn't, my, the passion was gone. I didn't like being around those people. And the more I was around those people, the more <laughs> this like negative energy it was spreads like a plague. Yeah, and it spreads. And so um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And it's powerful and it's dangerous and it's slippery. Yes, and it is. it's especially slippery for an artist. Yes. And I would like to talk about that. Because please, go. That is a crucial thing that every artist is going to go through. You're going to be chasing the money, especially in these major cities like L.A., like New York. Like, it's expensive as F. Like, it's ridiculous. And artists are leaving these cities, okay? So keep it fast. There won't be any artists to produce real art in these cities if you kick them out due to the financial rate that is happening in these um, communities because... How can you birth real art if there's there's no dirt, there's no soil, and and that whole classism is really pushing people out of that. But we're forced to go into these jobs, like um, you know, waiting tables, babysitting, quick schemes. They but they they're at a major cost. That's how I got my first injury, and I'm still dealing with that. I tore my ACL and my meniscus at the same time. Yes. What? Yeah, because it was tearing over time. I was I was oh I was God. doing like 11 to 13 hour shifts, you know, at the at this place. The money was decent. It it was okay. Um I I had fun, but then also I was still like, okay, I'm saving money to go to this program. It was it was a great summer intensive. That's what I do. But I go, but it's like my body's no longer conditioned. So I'm jumping into these moves and blah, blah, blah. And then my body's breaking down, but I'm being insensitive. Like I'm not listening to myself. And I'm like, no, I need to do this. I need to be dancing. I'm hungry and da-da-da. And I'm forcing it. And then I get injured. Of course, the injury didn't hold me back. It does hold me back some. But again, process, it's, it didn't end my career. Thankfully, I'm young. I'm athletic. I'm resilient. Thank God. Shout out to the 20s again. You're able to boom, 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 recuperate, jump right back in the game. As opposed to 30s, 40s, you may not have that. Okay, so that's when we also have to, for Especially all the if young you're not artists, building it now. exactly, experiencing that. Right. So we, we go through those woes where you're, you're, you're stuck, and that's why it's very important to not only anchor yourself before you go into those work environments if you have no choice, because some of us need to stay there to get out. You know what I mean? We have processes, we have plans. But you need to anchor your soul. You need to be reading positive you know, affirmations or readings, keeping your mind going so that when you go into these places, you're not, again, 
ripped and waved by these negative energies, by the gossip, by, you know, the envy, the stealing, the just people you can't trust. You need to know yourself. You need to be open and honest and do what you need to do. Know that this is a moment in your time. I'm working at whatever, whatever. And so, ba ba ba, and then I'm out, okay? Ooh. I'm not going to sit here. You know what I mean? You have to be very clear. That's why vision boards are very helpful. You come in. Put it on your, you know, your little waiter, little booklet, or in your wallet, and you're like, okay, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. that will help you get up in the morning. Like I'm only gonna, I have a hundred more mornings of this. It's not forever. So then you know, get discouraged in these places that you feel like identify you because everybody wants to be at the link up. Hey, so what are you up to? What are you doing now? Which feels like for me, it's turning into such an ingenuine thing now. It's yes. just like. We don't it's have like, to talk about that. Let's let's hang out. Let's uh, vibes. Let's let's be in energy. Why are you want to talk about work all the time? Yes. I, I definitely didn't sit with those people at lunchtime in college. I don't want to talk about dance forever. I want to talk about let's debunk. Let's there's different ways that you can do that. You know what I mean? So that we also don't hate dance too. You see that in conservatories all the time. You're gonna know if you love or hate it because it takes a lot of endurance. It's you know what I mean? So applying that to when you be a, when you are a freelancer or when you are experiencing yourself because also people sell their souls for the money as opposed to waiting in their dignity and who they are for the blessing and then you're suffering like oh my god I'm at this dream job but you're really just very empty and insecure based on the environment because you want what it will give you in this identity as opposed to I'm here because I'm behind this views, I'm behind these words, and I love this opportunity, and I'm, I'm a part of this moment as an artist. I want to be a part of history, okay? Because the flimsy and the flimsy, that's that's not real. That's not, it, it, again, it goes. It comes and goes. So you need to be in your place where you're grounded when you're in certain you know experiences and places so that, again, you're not... Looking at your resume, talking about, oh, that was a bad experience. Oh, that was a bad experience. No, that was a learning experience. Oh, my God. I remember Bianca. She was great. I wonder what she's doing now. Now you can look at your resume as a real life experience that you are grateful for. So you're not always striving for the next thing, but you can be at a place where, you, where you're in a dry spell and be like, you know what? I can take this dry spell because I've been doing a lot. I deserve this. Let me sit back. Let me let me focus on family. Let me focus on my relationship. Let me focus on, you know, maybe teaching yoga. Let me take a workshop. Then during that downtime, it's not an insecure. Why am I not getting da da da? No, now okay, it's time to refill. It's time to replant. Change the pot. It's time to come back and reflect. And then you can keep bouncing back. But you need to always revert back to self because then if you're booking all these things, da 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 da, you can't possibly. It's, it's hard. I don't, I don't want to say can't because some people have the endurance and they figured it out and they're well up in their lane and they know how to do it. But it's very few like fame because it's, it's hard. It's a navigation of your own GPS, not anybody else's, but your GPS. You got to learn how to figure it out. You got to learn, again, how long you're staying at a place. How long is it going to take? If it's 35 minutes, that may mean two years. Okay. All right, I'm gonna be done in two years, and then I'm a. Da -da -da. That's why again, you have to be tunnel vision as to why you're suffering, why you're going through this, why you're at this job that you don't like, why you're in this environment, so that you know what's the next step, and you know that this is not who you are. Because we live in a culture where there's like, oh, you work at so and so, okay, all right, I see you. Oh, you work at so and so, oh, okay. So what are you doing in the meantime? You know what I mean? Then there's that connotation. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's beautiful that you say that. This is literally what I want to talk about on LFA. Mm -hmm. And you've said it to the T. Oh, yeah. The you. one thing that I wanted to um, go back to, though, was this like weird thing that I've really experienced heavily, especially in the city, is like the question, how are you, has <laughs> turned into. Really, what are the last three things right. on your resume yeah. that will impress me or that I can use to position myself or you, like in my own mental construct of like where you are in the mm -hmm. social ladder? Mm -hmm. It's so weird. I've seen it. I've seen it with people that I've even done like intensive with or like past jobs because they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, I'm just living my life, like, you know, just learning, taking it as I go. You know what I mean? And to some people, they look at you differently. And then, you know, I asked them, well, you know, I just got off a gig with so-and-so. And then da, 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 and I'm just like, cool. And I've seen the connotation. I've seen 
the looks. And, and that's why you got to know yourself, be sure of yourself, because it's like, yeah. you have no idea what I'm doing. I just don't you feel like... You have no idea. I just don't feel like talking it's about it. We're not at dinner. Answering. We have five minutes. and right. Or I'm... I'm we didn't meet on purpose. This is in passing. What do I have to prove to you? It's not like I'm investing in this friendship or I feel like, you know what I mean? That's what Instagram is for. Check up on the good things and you know what I mean? But sure. again, that's not Shit. to then, you know, right, know your platform. I don't have to read you. And sometimes I say less to see what the intention of the other person is. Like you do, you just want to be nosy and, and figure out what I'm doing, da, 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 because I don't, I don't want really, I like real people around me. All my friends aren't dancers or artists. Their people and their souls, and they mm. feed me in different ways. That's another thing, artists. Okay, because you lose out on a lot of good people because you're looking for them to fill your uh, your resume or be a gain in your career when they are there to maybe support you spiritually, or they they may be a residency that you need to stay on a job for five years. There's things where people are going to bless your life outside of your art form that if you place them in the box of, oh, I want to get ahead because you're this and your social class and stuff, you're going to you're not going to have any friends. That's why you don't have any friends. And that's why you're around fake people, because you are navigating in that type of language where you're not being honest about the people around you, because it's not all about where they're getting you. It's not because we need people to ground us when we're dealing with the art shit. It's still work. It's still, it's my passion. I love to do it, but it still may get the best of me. I need a grounding friend to call or a couple of grounding friends to call when I'm going through a yoga thing. Yeah. When I'm going through a choreography thing. Yeah. A teaching thing. This is why you have these bucket of friends. But if you play, the, They're the anchors. They're the anchors. You know what I mean? So that it's not like yoga becomes your life. Yes. You can have a perspective mm. outside of it. And like humble you, yourself. You literally yes. feel like a, like you have stepped past bars that were in front of you. And then you get used to discomfort because the people around you are constantly shaking your reality. Because hmm. it's like, oh, wow, you think, oh, my God, I never thought, oh, wow. Right. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Da, da, da. Okay. And then you, you start to yeah. know the real kind of, yeah. you know, spiritual love thy neighbor. It becomes a conversation. It becomes an experience for you to learn and for them to learn a filling of each other's cup. And that's what you need in these different places and spaces. And everybody's not going to do that for you. Everybody's not going to be that. And that's fine. But you also can't just be looking for, or you can't be networking 24-7. It's unrealistic and it's pretty ingen um, ingenuine. Yeah, it's 100%. Disingenuous, it. sorry. Disingenuous, yeah. I think, in, ingenuine? Isn't yeah, that a maybe. word, too? Okay. Though? I think so. I love that. Wait, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, That's exactly. my favorite moment right. to have with a person. Speaking of the going back to the audience, being the final character or the final whatever dancer in the, in the dance. Mm -hmm. It's like when you have that moment with them, they have that moment with you where things are connecting. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm hearing what you're saying. Like, right. I think as artists, we just want to be heard for what we're saying. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's cool that I stumbled upon this podcast because most Sundays I find myself at a table sitting across from today it's you. Right. But it's someone new every Sunday and I'm having those moments of like, oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, mm -hmm. okay. What? Right. And if I'm having those here, I, I know that whoever out there is listening is also having those moments. For sure. And I'll tell you this much. You're here because, A, you're dope as shit. Oh, B, because Julie loves you. Yeah, C, you, Julie, because baby. Rock Rising. But also just because personally, I've learned from you already that energy of mm -hmm. like know your worth, know you're here from this time to this time and then I'm off like mm -hmm. to the next thing. Not disrespectful, but it's res actually respectful of yourself. Yes. And, um, but you, you've done that. I've seen still you do that, that, but still sure, with yeah. a welcoming and open heart, it's, there's still warmth there. Mm. And so like, I've, I've like learned that from you and working at Y7. I've also learned that. Uh, so it's like, yeah. I, awesome. I really, really, um, give props to that whole community there. For sure. And I give props to people like you. I give props to you. Oh, thank, thank you, you for, for everything you've said. Oh, Seriously. Thank you. Same. It was great. 
um, we're kind of like, I'm thinking about going back through, if you see on the top left of the yes. whiteboard, those are the guests that we've had. And you're up there on the second column on the right. But I'm thinking of going through our second round of guests. Okay. Because I want this to be an ongoing dialogue. Mm. So if you, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. Because I think that I love if this. you don't come back, you should start your own podcast because you have a gift of bringing clarity. Oh, you are the second person to tell me that. Yes, I'm but just, that is coming with Dre Speaks. I'm going to use that platform. It's going to be, well, I started it already, but it's going to be called Wisdom Wednesday. So every Wednesday, I'm going to just be talking about things that pe regular people go through without, yeah. because people don't want to talk. It's like yeah. you have to talk because we're all suffering. People don't want to talk, but there, I, there are people out there, I, there are some times where I don't want to talk, but I'll listen, especially yes. if there's someone engaging mm -hmm. and thoughtful. You ch you got both of those boxes checked. Yeah. You also have the your first episode of LFA checked. So yeah, yes. I want to end with a um, question of the day. Okay. I because this. I usually start my episodes with question of the day, but I like things that are unplanned and unexpected. Yes, me too. Okay, so for you, this question of the day feels right, and I haven't used it in a while. Okay. So. If you were an element, what element would you be? Earth, water, wind, or fire? Why? Okay. I've thought about this question. I'm not sure if I've answered it ever. You can do a combo. Okay, I'm a fire sign as Aries, so. But... You don't need to be water. confined. It's water. water. Yeah. It's water. I feel that. Because it's powerful to wipe out a whole city. It can drown us right now. Okay? The way it comes up to the shore to touch you. at the right. This is how I know God is real. Because the fact that this sea can drown us at every time and rises to the sand and fall and chooses to go back. This place is like it's touching us and then coming back. That is like, or it can cover your whole city and bring major destruction. And it's also <laughs> so deep that there's still points of the ocean that are untouched. Like God, that's crazy that there's still parts of the sea that are undiscovered that we can't even go that deep. It is so dark. There, there there's an there are creatures that we haven't experienced there because they're that deep. They probably have never seen light. They don't even know who humans are. They don't even know oxygen exists out of H2O. It doesn't to them. Right. Although it runs through them, okay? Because it's just like us with air. It's the same oxygen in the air. So technically, we're underwater if it was air. Technically. You know what I mean? So the ocean, and, and then it's also peace. It's also a flow. It's all, you, you can ride it. You know what I mean? It keeps, I mean, it can keep you alive longer than food. Because, I mean, even food, there's moisture. There's some type, like, water is just literally so, it's a necessity. You know what I mean? To the point where it can turn into steam, or a cube in a solid form. Do you drink a lot of water? I love water. What's you, your favorite water? Essentia. Ooh. But I'm more so, okay, because plastic is a bitch. Yeah. Okay, I, the canteen life I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the canteen. So I'm, I'm, because then it's free. You can go into stores and, you know, you can, they love you filling your own water bottle. You know what I mean? Mm. It's more. Mm -hmm. So I, I rather like, I kind of, I like it. And then the water stays cold, too. So I, I enjoy that refreshing time, especially in the summer. Um, that's beautiful. But yeah, that's, that's my water thing. Thank now. you. Yes. I'm a, I also, I'm, I've been trying to accept things like about myself that are repeated to me that mm -hmm. I am like, ah, oh, no, nah, nah, no. No, me too. And I'm, me so too. I'm just I'm trying right to there. be like, well, maybe that is me. And maybe I need to spend more time in these areas. So recently, water has been a theme. It's been, um, I've been in the water a lot more than mm -hmm. usual. And dude, I don't know what it is, but like, I'm happier. I feel fulfilled. 
Mm. And I and it carries with me, and I like can see I can actively like spread that with people. But um, so before you get out of here, because I want you to get out of here on time, <laughs> I'm gonna do the first ever um, selfie during this episode yes. and while I take a couple snaps okay I need you to tell people how to follow you on all the socials that you want them to okay so Instagram uh, underscore Dre D-R-E period speaks S-P-E-A-K-S that's on Instagram right now my website is www.andrespeaks.com it is currently under construction but i want you to know that because it's coming i got some new content remember we're growing so instagram is there for now until you come to the real home right and then um yeah it's just i want to keep it simple just those two you either go to the website or hit me up on instagram that's where i'm most interactive dms like yeah that's when we can chill for sure um i love you guys i hope to meet you all all over the world uh I appreciate all the artists listening. We're great. We're amazing. Don't give up. That's that's my last little bot. Dre speaks. Dre, Dre spoke. Speaks. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That was beautiful. That was. I love that. That was great. And I liked it because it was like it was like a meet and greet for us too. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.